Welcome to our first Woman of Marvel Reading Circle, where we chat about different books each episode. The past few years have seen a big push at Marvel to create more female-led titles, so we are super excited to work through them here. With this week's episode all about Miss Marvel number one, and up next is Storm number one. If you haven't had the chance to read or just want to reread Storm number one, make sure to email us at womanof at marvel.com for a chance to receive one of 25 digital codes for our Marvel Digital Comics app. Now it's time for our first reading circle. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. Uh, Today we're going to do our reading circle, and it's our very first one. We're going to be talking about Ms. Marvel number one. I'm Adri Cowan. I'm the social media manager here at Marvel. Uh, I'm Janine Schaefer. I'm the senior manager of talent relations. Uh, I'm Sana Manith. I'm an editor at Marvel. And I'm Judy Stevens. I'm associate producer. Uh, before we go on to the rating circle, I do want to say that Janine, you have a title change. I do. I do have a title Yay. change. Uh, yes, I used to. Um, I was an editorial with Sana, um, and I just recently was moved into the talent management department. Um, so now I am the senior manager of talent relations. Um, so I'll be doing a lot of talent scouting. Hopefully, meeting you guys when we go to shows. Um, you know, looking at portfolios, helping the editors to staff our books and cast our books, uh, that kind of stuff. So basically that means if you're at a convention and you see me or Janine and you're an artist, please run towards Janine. <laughs> <laughs> Literally throw yeah. the portfolios and at run. her. And then run. We've been doing a lot of training here for that kind of stuff, so I'm prepared. I'm prepared. <laughs> Stop, drop, and roll. Yeah, exactly. Away. Well, if this was a video, we would cut to a scene where we are literally sh- like throwing stuff to Janine in the hallways as she walks by. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. This is a very awesome opportunity. I'm so Thank happy you. I'm, I'm really excited well about served. it. You'll always be an editor in our hearts. Aw, thanks. Thank you. I am still editing She-Hulk. Oh, yeah. I couldn't let right. go of it. <laughs> uh, Ms. Marvel, I'm the, I'm the editor of Ms. Marvel, um, for those of you who don't know. Um, and uh, also the editor of Captain Marvel. And also the editor of Captain Marvel, <laughs> correct. Um, so I guess we'll kind of kick it off with a little bit of, I guess, the backstory of how Ms. Marvel came about. Um, for those of you who have not seen the various news articles on it, um, it, is, it was a, a very organic story. Uh, I was talking with my old editor, Stephen Wacker, about sort of uh, really crazy stories I had growing up as a really awkward Muslim teenager in white suburbia, New Jersey, um, and how I'd have to wear tights underneath my shorts when playing lacrosse in 90 degree weather. and. Um, how I could never date and things like that. And Steve, of course, thought it was hilarious and walked in the next day and he's like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had someone, like a character that was like four girls just like you growing up? And both of us kind of looked at each other and were like, oh yeah, actually that would be amazing. Um, And it kind of spiraled into this story about uh, a Muslim superhero who's young and awkward um, and still kind of figuring out who she was. And um, that's when we called Willa Wilson um, and then eventually got Adrian Alfona uh, on board. Um, and I, think, I don't think it was until we announced it in November of last year where we really got the magnitude of what we had done because people had responded so quickly and positively. I think more positively yes, than... Yes, 100%. So we were, in, we were in an editorial retreat uh, when the news broke 
and it was like full, it was like the record screeching like the full stop the whole thing ground to a halt because everyone's everything started like exploding and we Sana was whisked off to do they, they were like uh, Sana we need you on CNN and she was like wait what what <laughs> like it was do what <laughs> huge it was huge it was amazing yeah it was very stressful that day that yeah. was a very stressful day I'm very grateful for the way things up but that day was very much us running to CNN and ABC and Wall Street Journal and I had never done live interviews like that before and suddenly I was like staring at like bright lights and camera screens and expected to talk eloquently <laughs> about uh, a superhero character. So, I mean, which, which was great for uh, this series and for Kamala. Um, but it's, it's been great. And I think afterwards, once the issue finally came out, uh, we had uh, such a great response from readers, both old readers and new readers alike. Um, so... What I what I'm I'm most what I'm most happy about the way that this series has turned out is really about the the sort of universality of this character um, because I think people were first afraid that oh she's a Muslim she's a Pakistani she lives in New Jersey which is the least accessible part <laughs> how are people going to relate with that. <laughs> Um, and I tried to explain to them that, you know, she's just like every any other girl who's uh, living in a small town that she hates, who has parents that doesn't under, that don't understand her and uh, who is still trying to sort of maneuver the responsibilities of, of trying to grow up and prove her worth and prove herself um, and essentially forge her own identity. Um, and I think people have have really latched latched on to that. I think you did find a formula with this book because if anything, if the art, if the writing, if the story were any slightly different, it, I don't think it would have gotten such a positive response. But everything is so perfect. You really found the formula to integrate the the disparities in this character and make it comfortable for people who maybe even questioned it at first but it's so i mean kamala is such a relatable character and the art is so beautiful and so fun at the same time it's just people are just loving this book um and you did you found this like perfect formula for for integrating some some of these huge differences into this universe and it's yeah, I think Great. that's so much the the fun part about being an editor, and we talked about this in a previous podcast, is sort of finding the right elements to put together mm-hmm. and creating that sort of lightning in a bottle, which happens so rarely. Yeah, um, This was just a question of me liking all of these creators and thinking that, oh, you know, like I think tonally Adrian's right. Like he did Runaways with Brian K. Vaughn all those years ago, and that was a, a hit. Um, and he has a he's changed his style a little bit if you go back to look at, looking at his runaway stuff and looking at him now uh, he's changed it a bit which is why when I uh, picked out Ian Herring who's the colorist um, I thought it would actually give this sort of a, uh, like a lighter vibrancy to it and more of a playful tone um, which is what I wanted the series to be I wanted it to be playful with with sort of slightly serious undertones to it. And, you know, and sometimes as editors, you take those risks and you say, this is what I hope will happen. 
and then all of the elements come together and they just work. Like Willow obviously knows how to write a great. She did Mystic with you, Janine, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was actually I love that book. Um, I, I obviously I love that book. Yeah, of course. And Janine and Willow did such a great job with it because it was a great story about a young, uh, like a, a young magician's apprentice. Yeah. And um, that was a different type of coming-of-age story. And yeah. actually, that was the, the reason. I've read so much of her other stuff, but that was the book that made me realize she would be perfect. Well, I think Willow is a world-builder. Um, she's such a world-builder. She goes down, like, she really starts at the ground level and just starts, like, layering things on and layering things on, both with the characters and with, like, down to every single last detail. Like, she knows the history of all of her characters. She knows the history of the world. She kind of knows you know like where it's going to go and how it can shape and how events could impact the world so when things happen she understands you know okay this is how everyone is going to react this is how the crowd is going to react this is how you know the the very last person in this town is going to react because she knows how that all works yeah and then being able to to create a world and having someone translate that world into something unexpected um, and alluring, uh, and also adorable, which Adrian does like so well. Yeah, like, all of his characters. And the one thing I would recommend is if you're, even if you've read all, we were actually up to issue six right now. Um, and if you've read all six issues, go back and read them again, and just look at the backgrounds while you're reading them, because Adrian has the funniest things that he just puts in the background, which I have to double check because sometimes there are things that should not be in the background. <laughs> um, but just the, the, he had like this one scene, I think it was in issue four, where there's a magazine rack and it was like, uh, like, what was it? Like, bo- like Rocket Magazine or something like that and it had like a little like firecracker coming out of it and that was a part of the magazine. And another panel where these two kids are running down the street while Kamala's like pondering her existence and these kids are chasing each other and then cut to the next panel and in the background one kid has fallen fall on like literally fallen on his face <laughs> and this other kid comes back and is just staring at him and Kamala's like what is life <laughs> in the background it's fantastic well I also really appreciate this like pig sloth that she has oh yes the sloth the sloth with wings oh yeah the sloth with wings uh, that then Iron Man I think is holding in this scene, in the origin, in the uh, the transformation, yeah, he shows scene, up yeah. holding the. I've never noticed that. I didn't before. notice that either. Yeah. Well, that came from so a lot of uh, Adrian's designs when he turned them in. They're just the characters, and then suddenly he'll have sloths and beavers <laughs> and like bears running around the character designs, which are the best because I want the actual character designs to own. Um, but it's just so random. He's like, I'm just going to draw an animal in here. And, yeah. um, and yeah. like he's, this bird with this hat is in like every panel, just <laughs> yeah. flying by. Oh my this gosh. This is the, the transformation scene uh, in Ms. Marvel number one when she sort of transforms into uh, essentially her inhuman self. Um, and the scene itself, it just has all of these different random animals. And so we decided. <laughs> yeah. Adrian, you're so good at drawing all these random animals. Just put them in the comic. Oh, the hedgehog and with Hulk hands. I'm dying the hedgehog, over this. The hedgehog with Hulk hands was actually the he was in the first design of yes. Kamala. Yes. And Sana was like, 
somebody please come look at this hedgehog. What is going on? Are these whole cans? What's happening? And he's, he's also in this book. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If you guys are reading it, make sure to, um, if you catch any of these cool yeah. little things, tweet them at us. Um, use the hashtag WOM reads and um, we love these little things i'm i'm obsessed with this bird with the hat yeah take pictures Um, instagram it yeah yeah that's why i highly recommend go back and just look at just look at every single panel because you will be surprised with everything that he's put in um so then we just decided i'll put all those animals in her room so they'll be in there's a few of those animals in her room so the idea is that when she you know she sees her subconscious when she's travel when she's um transforming and so you're gonna have elements of you know your your favorite stuffed animals and your favorite characters and superheroes and all of the all of those elements kind of merged together in that one moment that's which, really cool yeah which which uh i mean adrian is just a monster <laughs> that's a crazy person. um the design actually the costume design yes the costume design is actually done by jamie McKelvey. now um, just to go back a little bit about the origin of Ms. Marvel, so much of the reason why we called her Ms. Marvel was because we wanted her to be a real fangirl, um, but in a, like, if you're living in a world where superheroes actually exist, whereas, like, that's the that's the equivalent of celebrities, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like... Uh, Kristen Wiig, you know, and if I if I saw her on the street or if I saw um, Amy Poehler on the street, I would just I would completely freak out. I want to be just like her. I would like to gain that type of uh, really adorable and funny celebrity if I ever could in my life. I know I won't. Um, but it's the very same equivalent. So these are her celebrities. So of course, her favorite celebrity is uh, Carol Danvers, who is the current Captain Marvel, and. Um, a lot of it is because she does sort of represent these ideals of uh, feminine beauty and also strength at the same time. And, you know, at first you think that's why Kamala loves her so much is because she's this really strong and beautiful, badass chick. Um, and, and then, you know, ultimately it's really because Carol is also someone who's sort of figuring out who she is and sort of owning her own identity at the same time and is just a very strong woman. Um, who knows what she wants and kind of goes for it. So, um, of course, the first time she transforms, that's sort of why her, her subconscious decides, oh, I'm, if I'm going to be strong and powerful and a, and a superpowered being, um, I'm going to look like my idol, Carol Danvers, which is why we at the very, very end we have her transform that way. So I wanted to make sure that once she eventually took the mantle of, of Ms. Marvel, it was sort of a, a small tribute to Carol Danvers, um, but at the same time, uh, it was about sort of her kind of creating her own version of that character. And Jamie McKelva, who designed um, C- Captain Marvel's uh, current costume. No. Or, sorry, current uniform. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? Yes, I'm sorry. No. I thought you meant Ms. Marvel. I thought we were... We were oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. He did also do Captain Marvel. He did, yeah. So he, he, did, he did Captain Marvel. Um, I thought it would be great for him to sort of use that that uniform as an inspiration for what Carol, um, for what Kamala is wearing now. Um, and if you look at her, her actual, uh, costume now, it's kind of related to, if you look at an Indian outfit or a Pakistani outfit, long shirt, tight pants, scarf. Um, and I did that on purpose because I wanted it to be relatively conservative, but still kind of trendy because, you know, those pants just look like tights or skinny jeans or whatever. And, um, you know, it, the, and the top is just a really nice fitted long shirt. <laughs> it's very simple. So 
that's where I came from. And Jamie, of course, knocked it out of the park because Jamie McKelvey um, is so great at uh, envisioning uh, younger heroes mm-hmm. and what they would actually wear. Um, so that's where that came from. And we played around a little bit with her hairstyle, whether she should, she should go short or long. And the reason that we ended up going with a bit of a longer haircut rather than the short one that you see in the costume designs um, is because uh, Adrian Alphona just draws amazing hair. <laughs> that was literally the reason. I was like, I can't have him. There's no waves happening. There's no nothing in the wind if her hair is too short. You're right. Like, There's a lot of scenes in here where her hair is like... That is the seat. It takes the seat, yeah. the hair. Like, yeah. it's just, like, falling everywhere. And it also kind of, it really speaks to her character because it's a little sometimes disheveled and um, it's a little wild. And I love it. Yeah. That was a good That was a good choice. Yeah. It's definitely her. And I love the bangs are kind of covering her face so she looks a little bit, like, uh, just... A little bit nerdier. Like, and also, like, an, <laughs> kind of, like, angsty. Yeah. Like, an, I'm an angsty teenager, yeah. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, and I I just know, because we had had conversations about this, um, with her transforming into a blue-eyed, blonde-haired white woman at the end, was there, were there any reservations with you and Willow? Absolutely. I think that was actually a, a small point of contention between Willow and myself. I think Willow was actually very nervous at the very end. Um, I was. That's something I I, I pushed forth a bit more. Uh, I, I think we were both, though, at the end of the day, afraid that people would interpret that as thinking, um, oh, in order to be a hero, you have to be this thing. Um, and in order uh, that, that, that eventually we were going to take this character and make her this sort of blonde white woman that she can morph into that and she'll become strong and powerful and that was sort of the opposite of our intention and we definitely did have have people particularly honestly a lot of uh, Muslim uh, readers who had come up to me after the fact and said why did you need to change her into that like what was the point Um, and for me it was really about uh, as much as this is an origin tale of a superhero it's an origin tale of of a young girl on her way to womanhood and particularly when you're influenced by so many images um, that don't look like you, uh, you kind of internalize that, whether or not you mean to. And that's not just you as a sort of minority. That's just you as a young person not happy with the way that you look and the way that you are. And that was really simply, and, and whether or not people want to admit it, the sort of American ideal is blonde hair, blue-eyed, tall, bombshell that's an ideal it's not necessarily an ideal everyone wants or an ideal that is uh sort of more prevalent now than it probably was like 20 years ago or so but that is still something that is the complete opposite of who she is she's brown skin dark brown hair almost black hair uh, sorry dark brown, brown eyes and almost black hair um so for her to become the opposite of who she is um, when she has the opportunity to, to to be anything, I think it's sort of a statement about um, about identity and about um, your self perception, mm-hmm. um, the insecurity of adolescence. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and that was just a choice. And I, I actually I think it worked. I think her kind of forging past that mm-hmm. was a part of her journey. That's the story, she suddenly yeah, became Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. There would be no story. There's no struggle there. Um, and it is about sort of 
finally deciding to sort of take ownership in, in who you actually are and who you actually want to be. And that's that's sort of the theme of the story in general, not just the first origin. That's a big part of the origin story, but the overarching story for Kamala Khan and the next, hopefully if we do this for years and years, will always be about identity and, and staying true to who you are and what happens. Um, and that's why we also made her an inhuman, because that's going to be the next phase of her, of mm-hmm. her figuring her identity out you know what to do when you become a hero who who does that make you what kind of a hero does that make you what do you what do you do with that i think that's awesome and a very realistic discovery of of like this is how i would react if i had powers i'd be freaking out and and it's just a very realistic portrayal of of oh my god suddenly okay whoa my hand can grow bigger and i can kick the crap out of somebody it's like it's the most true story that I've read about about discovering your own powers. And there's something to, you know, when you get powers like that, in a lot of origin stories, and Janine and I were talking earlier about sort of how we do the classic Marvel origin stories. And so many ways, this is this is it. I think it's modernized. Yeah. Um, this is in my mind. It was always Peter Parker and Miles Morales. That was sort of our our gauge for the type of origin story we wanted to do. But that moment you get your powers and you're like, you know, everyone automatically is like, oh, I have powers. I'm going to go save people now. And she's like, oh my god, I think I'm supposed to go save people now. I think maybe uh, I'm going to go do it. And then it's just it doesn't work out the way that she thinks. Right. She's she's looking like someone else. She's doing things that don't quite fit and make sense. Um, And I think that's what's so what's so endearing about this character in the story is it's this sort of awkward fumbling into becoming a superhero, which I think is a bit more authentic. Yeah. Something I love about this book, too, is that it speaks to a younger audience as well without um, patronizing. Um, like they're, you're not doing this the selfie thing and the you know like that the the that whole um, tech and you don't do you know the what I'm hip, talking yeah, about the sort of the, like, the, the hip take on what it means to be a teenager exactly it's very authentic and it's not like it, uh, there's no eye rolling at the way that you're speaking to teens in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's yeah, and 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 Willow also writes. She can and she. It's a little cheesy sometimes, but I feel like it's cheesy in a way that a sixteen-year-old girl would be cheesy. Um, I love the interaction with her parents. Yeah, there's there's so much there that I think anyone would connect with. And for me personally, it was there's a lot of my childhood in there. I've seen some really. Ne- I mean, there's some negative people on Twitter all the time. Mm-hmm. Have you dealt with any? Backfire from this? You know, I not as much as you would think. I feel like we've had more backlash with, like, we had more backlash with Miles Morales, maybe even now more with this the new announcement of mm-hmm. the female Thor. Uh, for, for whatever reason, I think the naysayers were da- drowned out by the fans. Um, you know, there's a few people saying, why do we need a Muslim? We've definitely had some vitriol. I've had some emails and some posts uh, about how I'm, how I'm a terrorist and I'm part of the Muslim Brotherhood and <laughs> I've been put into Marvel. It does seem like almost <laughs> a fo- like they found the most like ridiculous form letter. Yeah, the most obvious way to like hate on a Muslim idea is like, oh, let's say just say terrorist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why do we need a, a, a another brown person or a brown person taking on the role of a traditional white person's? Uh, 
name or something like that. So we've had we've had those. It's not that it doesn't didn't they don't exist. It's just I choose not to focus on them because man, issue one's on its sixth printing. What are you gonna do? You know, like that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's something. Yeah. So if obviously if you're listening at home and you haven't read Miss Marvel, you should. Um, it's on the sixth printing. Can you actually pick it up in stores? Uh, yes, if you're lucky, because uh, people have had some issues trying to actually. There's that harpist again. <laughs> Our harpist has finally arrived. <laughs> That's going to be a thing in every one. <laughs> um, as I was saying, uh, people have had a lot of problems actually buying a comic, the comics in the store because they've been sold out. Um, hopefully, issue one you'll be able to get now that it's on another printing. Uh, issue four and five are on second printings now. So, um, Hopefully you get it. Issue 6 just came out? Issue 6 is on its first printing, and yeah, it just came out. You could also find it online at the Marvel Comics Store. Yes. And you can read it digitally. On the Marvel app, I would highly recommend it. It is the, can I say, the the number one digital seller on the Marvel app right now. Wow, yeah. Number one. Hooray. Um, That's exciting. So it means it's really good. Is it it in trade soon? It's in trades in October. Okay. Yeah, the collection will come out then. For those of you attending San Diego uh, Comic-Con, we will also be looking for Ms. Marvel cosplayers. I'm going to have Judy and Adri out on the lookout. So if you're there, come to the Marvel booth. We'll take a picture. Hopefully we can post uh, images of uh, cosplayers on uh, on, our, on our Tumblr and our, our Twitter. Um, and, of course, any Marvel characters, but Ms. Marvel cosplayers in particular because... Um, I get very excited that people are actually taking the time to, to make those costumes. And, and even if you're not going to be at Comic-Con and you've made this costume, because I've seen a bunch of, I saw there was at least two girls who did it at C2E2 in Chicago. There's, There's a couple of boys doing it. Some boys, yeah. yeah. Amazing. I have with the, with the black shirt and the yes. bowls and the scarf. Yeah, I've seen a lot of guys doing Excited that. about that. So send it to us. Um, tweet it at us or um, email it to us at womanof at marvel.com and we'll make sure it's posted on our Tumblr or maybe even get into the book. Yeah, and make sure to check out our Tumblr. It's thewomenofmarvelcomics.tumblr.com um, and you can always tweet at us with the hashtag WOM reads for any questions about Ms. Marvel or um, any upcoming comics that we will be talking about as well. Also, make sure you don't miss our Woman of Marvel panel, Sunday, July 27th at 11.15 a.m. in Room 5AB. We're going to have a great group of panelists, including myself, Adri Cohen, Lorraine Sink, Alexis Auditor, Victoria Alonzo, Katie Cook, Rochelle Rosenberg, Axel Alonzo, and Erica Schultz. It's a great mix of people from all different departments, including editorial, comics, creators, and, for the first time, Marvel Studios. See you guys there! This is Marvel, your universe.